I am Tita Moyers, and this is my co-host and my pirate wife, Dawn Davis. We are bold, queer, ethically non-monogamous, kinky, clean, and sober storytellers, having unscripted talks about topics not brought up in polite conversation. Nothing is taboo. My friend Mel recently said about our podcast, I truly think one of the best things you two are bringing people is getting to hear what it's like to share, trust, tease, be caught off guard, and work your way back around with each other. In this episode, we do all that by asking questions that get to deeper understandings of who we are individually and together. Hi, Vida. Hi, Vixen. How are you today? I am doing pretty well today. Uh, it's freezing cold and I'm hunkered <laughs> down and I like it. Yeah, it's there's a storm coming through most of most of the United States, actually. So uh, some people had some questions about our communication and how it is that we repair when there are ruptures and how it is that we keep talking about important things. So um, I pulled out some more questions that we could ask each other in hopes okay. that we could share our process with people. Okay, I'm down. Um, I know that our, at one point in our relationship, we talked about um, having weekly check-ins and it doesn't seem like we've really done that. We haven't made the time to schedule it, but all of our conversations are checking check in, in kinds of conversations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I do recommend for people who want to have, you know, connected vulnerable, intimate relationships to have these kinds of discussions. And if you have to schedule them, then do that because it's really important to dig into each other in a positive way. You know, a rupture being any kind of disagreement or argument or uncomfortable thing between us that um, everybody has them. Everybody has ruptures, right? And if they don't, I think there's something wrong. But if I'm going to be my whole authentic self with you, sometimes we're going to rub each other the wrong way. Yeah, I, and we have. I can't help but feel stimulated when I say that. <laughs> I, I was going to say, you were going to say, but we also rub each other the right way. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. I wish that happened more often. <laughs> um that, you know, people have ruptures with their family members, with their friends, with their coworkers, with their lovers, and our ability to repair is what makes this so extra special. And I yes. really appreciate you for being willing to do the repair with me all the time. I feel like after we repair, I feel stronger. I feel that we're stronger after it because getting through it, getting through it to the other side instead of letting it fester and become a resentment. And um, we, we actually say, this is how I felt. 
this, mm-hmm. this is what I was actually feeling. Cause you know, a lot of times people will say, oh no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's not fucking <laughs> fine. It's not fucking fine. Well, one of the, one of the questions that I mind today for us to talk about is, I don't know, I'm just going to jump in. What is your arguing style? Ah, uh, okay. I mean, so it, it has changed since I got sober for sure. Let's talk about I what it used to be like. Okay. <laughs> what it used to be like was, um, I my mom calls it my poetic cruelty I have an uncanny ability to be very very unkind and like hit someone to their core like say the meanest thing that that hurts them so badly that they you know maybe can't come back from hearing that I I in the past have have done that I've I've had girlfriends that I've had you know, physical altercations with um and I also I wouldn't walk away I would have to resolve it right here right now and it would often be yelling screaming um in some cases I never hit my girlfriends but they they have hit me and uh, I wouldn't let it go I was like a dog with a fucking bone and I'm like we're resolving this right now now um, I will argue, I'll argue, but the instant that I start to get too heated, if I feel like my voice is starting to raise and I'm getting just mad, I will stop the conversation and say, I think it's better if I, if I take a moment, if I take a pause here and step away so that I give myself some time because otherwise I will say some things I do not mean. I, I will. And I'll get mad by myself and I'll talk it through and work it through by myself and give it time to defuse. And then I'll come back and in a calm, rational tone, I will speak to you about it. What's your fighting style? <laughs> what if you dukes? <laughs> <laughs> um, like you, I do have a past of, um, being mean, thinking that I could um, cut someone down with my wit and my words and, and being really proud of that. Like I thought yeah, me too. I was the shit because I yeah. was smarter than you and I was going to make you feel bad and ha ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Um, that's just mean. It's just mm-hmm. mean. And, and that was before I got sober. And then um, I work like you, I, I work the 12 steps and that helps me be introspective. And it's an ongoing process of looking at my character defects and what my part is and how I can make amends. And, and that's, it's part of the fabric of who I am now. I'm much less inclined to be mean uh, in fact, I, I don't ever set out to be mean. I don't want to be mean. It it doesn't appeal to me the way it once did. Um, I want to be gentle and kind and compassionate and take responsibility for my bad behavior. And sometimes I don't know 
what my part is. Sometimes I don't know that I'm afraid or, or critical or uh, like something that I know that I do is that when I get scared and I, it might be a subconscious fear, but I get scared and then I need to control things. So I make long lists and I assign <laughs> things to you. And I get very, um, you know, time is important and, and rigid and, and brittle. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know that I'm doing that sometimes. And, and so what does that have to do with my arguing style? I, I often unconsciously blame and criticize and make this problem somebody else's. And um, just recognizing that I do that allows me to, to pause, step back, reevaluate, know that I might not be right. And right. try to see things from somebody else's perspective. That was something that I, I remember um, in early sobriety that you had said to me, you know, that you practice saying, you might be right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? Why would I say that? <laughs> and then, you know, I get it now, but that's something actually that we are taught in, in the 12 steps and the 10th step is to, to pause. And, you know, the restraint of, of tongue and pen. Mm hmm I do did used to do these things. Part of my poetic cruelty is I wouldn't say it to the person, but I would write the meanest fucking letter that exists on the planet and get it all out. And then oftentimes, you know, this is when I drank a lot. I'd be drunk as shit and it'd be strewn all around the house. And my mom would find them <laughs> and she would just be like, whoa, wow. But I've read some of them and they're, they're, funny but cool and then sometimes I would burn them or whatever I never gave them to the person but it was an outlet for me to get it out that's actually a really healthy outlet I I encourage my clients to do things like that to write the fuck you letter yeah and, it's a total fuck you letter. and go stand you know on a cliff and scream it out it's it's a, a way of um, completing the stress cycle and moving that shit through so that we don't maybe right. have to say those things to someone <laughs> that's that's why I did it is because I you know saying it to someone and even if you know all the things weren't true it was just me mad and I would say what I wanted to say and then be done with it yeah okay I'm gonna ask another question okay all right um what makes you feel loved um there are lots of things that you do? Am I talking about what you do to make me feel loved? I think in general with anyone, like what, what makes you feel loved? Um, I mean, when people tell me, when people tell me that's a, a pretty obvious sign. Vida. Although, yes. Vida. <laughs> yes, sir. I love you. That makes me feel loved. Okay, go on. Okay. Um, yeah, I think when um, people are protective of me and I see that they want to stand, stand up for me, 
or support me. Um, that makes me feel loved. When people do little things, um, like cook for me mm -hmm. or buy me little gifts or whatever. I'm not, you don't have to buy me stuff, buy my love, but it's sweet, thoughtful things like cards or gifts or little notes. Underwear. Um, underwear. <laughs> Manties. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thoughtful things like that. And, um, you know, you, you've written me handwritten letters and that means a lot to me because I know sitting down actually taking a pen god forbid anybody learned cursive you write it in cursive <laughs> and uh that's some love right there showing me some love with some beautifully handwritten letter mm -hmm. um affection i'm i'm a very affectionate person i like physically? to be touched yeah. physically yes i like to be touched um of course, emotional and verbal affection is great, but I, if I'm in your presence and just a simple, like a hand on my shoulder or a hand on my knee or, or something, hand on my head. I love it when you, when you touch my, my head, my hair, my short hair, run your fingers through it. I love that. What makes you feel loved? I, as you know, I love food. Mm. Food is so important to me. And having like shopping together for food. We've done that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you and I cooking together is uh, a way of demonstrating love or, or even you cooking for me. Um, I have a, a fondness for coffee being brought to me in bed in the morning. And yes, you do. You, you do that when we're together. And that- It was also important that I make it the right way. You're particular about it. I am, I mean, I'll, I'll drink whatever and be gracious, but I do appreciate the extra time and energy you took to learn the way I like my coffee. And I think I want to insert here that um, we have a DS relationship, a dominant submissive relationship. And for people who don't know what that is, I think we talk about it in another episode. But um, that for me is a demonstration of love that you do acts of service for me. Yes. yes. And, and, um, I want to talk about that in detail in another episode, but you, um, your acts of service for me, show me that you love me. Do you um, want to say what some of them are? Uh, well, you know, bringing my coffee to me the way I like it in the morning is an act of service. I think that um, you do tasks for me that I ask you to do um, yesterday. For example, I asked you for three photos throughout the day because we live long distance. I like to see evidence of your devotion. And uh -huh. the, three, the three photos I asked for were um, something red, mm -hmm. something heart-shaped, 
and uh-huh. something that reminds you of how I smell. And what and did I do? <laughs> <laughs> once I started saying it, I thought of that third photo. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, something red was a photograph of a tea kettle on your stove. It's red. Mm-hmm. And um, that's many layered meaning, right? Because of coffee and tea and um, food being my love language that, uh, and also beautiful red color, it's in your home. Just so many things about that photo demonstrated love for me. Um, they were thought out, they were well thought out. Yeah, I'm sure that it wasn't just random. I'm not putting all that meaning on it all by myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, but something that's heart-shaped, you and your niece got down on the ground with your whole bodies and made a heart shape and someone else took a photo from overhead, which I thought was uh, so sweet. <laughs> yes. Getting the whole family involved in your love for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, third was a photograph of panties that I left at your house last <laughs> time I was there that make you think of how I smell. Okay, yeah. I'm ready to move on from that question. <laughs> Next okay. question. Um, what do you want our sex life to look like? Ooh, okay. This, I mean, this is a multifaceted question because it, um, okay, I'm, I'm going to say you You always, I do too. In the past, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't like saying making love. both of us would make us throw up in our mouths if someone said it we uh do make love sometimes (laughs) but we also have a a, um a bdsm relationship so sometimes our sex life goes that way sometimes i'm bound and I I wouldn't say tortured. I mean, it's a Not little yet. bit of pain. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> I can take more. But um, so I would like it to be more frequent. But we live in a different sit. We live in different cities. So I would like it to be more frequent. I don't know when when we have been together. Uh, the first time we saw each other, we had freedom. This is interesting. Can I talk about this? Yeah, of course. The, the, the first time um, we were together, I was newly sober and I was terrified to have sex. You were the first person I had had sober sex with and I was terrified. And so we didn't have a whole lot of it. And then when I came to see you, it's a rule. For, for you and I understand in your house if your daughter's there that that's something that we're not having sex while your daughter's there that and has been true I get that. for whole like for whole life since her mom and I split up I am not comfortable having when I'm in when I'm in mommy mode there's no sex <laughs> I yeah just... I totally understand that and I mm-hmm. respect that so so you know she was there part of the time so we didn't have a lot we did have some and it was great but then when we were in Mexico, it was the same kind of thing. My whole family's around and I was very stressed out. And so now you're coming to see me um, 
in a few days in, in like a little over eight days yeah and so I think it'll be a different experience but ideally I would like us to have as much sex as we can and want to um and I like that it ranges the kind of sex that we have ranges a lot of from super sweet sometimes to um rambunctious and rowdy and um dirty <laughs> yeah i i want you know what i want our sex life to look like is uh more of it um it's hard like you said because we live in different states we don't see each other very often and and um we can have you know sexting and um virtual activities on camera etc and we have but mm -hmm. I do like the in-person sweaty messy uh yes you know noisy sex um in all all the different rooms in the house that sounds good to <laughs> me <laughs> um and yeah I I'm you know tender sweet loving sex is actually harder for me to have mm -hmm. than you know raunchy dirty on the floor spontaneous sex um yes. i know that about you yeah i mean there's uh i can have walls armor up and have that kind of sex but when it comes to the really intimate sweet cracked open kind of sex that's that's more challenging for me and you know we have done that too but um it will take longer it will take us learning each other more and more to have more of that kind of sex mm -hmm. which i'm open to <laughs> yes because i like um, it sometimes yeah i like it sometimes too but i also like my sex really dirty I know you do, you <laughs> bitch. <laughs> uh, so another question. Are you ready? I am. Uh, what are you yes. not willing to compromise on? Um, I think I might need some examples of like what that even means. I'll In go what first. Way. Yeah, okay. I'll go first. Um, you cannot vote Republican. <laughs> okay, yes, deal breakers, okay. Yeah, so um, I am a liberal, feminist, uh, queer, outspoken activist, anti-racist. Like, I, I am a, what, a social justice warrior. People say that like it's a bad thing. Fuck yes, that's what I am. It's who I am. And if you are not moving in that direction, I'm not willing to compromise on that. If you're okay. making yeah. racist jokes, if you are, um, you know, talking about how uh, some some group can't drive, uh, you know, they're not <laughs> capable of driving, like whatever, like absolutely not. If you okay. are uh, telling me that I don't have control over my own body. Bye-bye. 
yes okay i so this has actually come up and i believe that when we first started talking <laughs> i remember this you sent me a text and you said i think you said how did you vote and i said i did <laughs> that's like, a good that's start how, yeah and, and then I said, I was like, oh God, of, of course I voted Democratic. You, you know, you had to ask me some questions and I should have asked these questions first um, in, in a lot of relationships actually, but I, I, I didn't. And now I do. Now I always do. Fortunately, so our core values in life, you and, between you and me, are shared. We yeah. have shared core values. For me, um, it would be a problem for me if you weren't vaccinated. Mm -hmm. That has been a problem in the past. It would be a serious problem for me if you voted for Trump, if you were um, anti-abortion, if you were a racist. It, uh, the same, we, we share the same thing. So yes, those things I will not compromise on. Unfortunately, we share the same values. Yeah. I agree. And I do ask those questions up front because I want to know. I don't want to fall in love with you and then later hate your politics. No. Right. I'm just going to, I'm going to find out first. And um, it's important. Well, I'm going to take, I have a question. I'm going to take it a step further. What if my family shares my values, but what if they didn't? What if I was a staunch liberal, but my family were you know, very right-wing conservative? That's a great How question. Um, I- They are not. You, you, you could count on me to be the person at the Thanksgiving dinner table to stir shit up. Oh, <laughs> so if, if that's not in your future, then I'm out. <laughs> Cause right. I'm not gonna be quiet. Um, right. I am, I am sometimes. Sometimes I pause, I take a breath, I step back, like, is this the hill I'm willing to die on? Is it really necessary for me to say something right now? Um, but a lot of times I am the one to say like, oh, what did you mean by that? When you said right. whatever, you know, and, and challenge people in a gentle way. Um, and if it was really bad, I just wouldn't attend those functions with you. Right. Not that I, mean, I do I anyway. Think, <laughs> <laughs> you have, you've actually done quite a few family functions with me where you've been around my family. Fortunately, my family completely, we're all on the same page. And so, you know, we can talk about that openly. And I mean, it would be a problem for my family if you were super conservative. Um, they would be like, no, uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> Don't bring her around. <laughs> Um, may I ask another question? Yes, please. What counts as cheating? Uh, well, because of the structure of our relationship, which you are solo poly, um, you don't have to ask my permission for anything. I think really for me, what it comes down to is the feeling behind it, the, the intention, the sh if there's shadiness or shiftiness involved and you're not talking to me about it, you're not telling me and you're sneaking off 
or something, then I'm wondering why, and that feels like cheating, even though you you have freedom to, to be, sleep with whoever you want. Oh, are you talking about if it's like emotional cheating, sexual cheating, that kind I don't, of thing? I, I'm not looking for a particular answer. I'm just... I'm just reading it off the paper. <laughs> okay, okay. We, I mean, we have we have intimate relationships with other people. Each of us do, and um, we t- we talk about that. I think really, what I would feel like it's cheating because really, it doesn't exist. Cheating it takes cheating out the structure of our relationship. It's it's not that way for us. But I would feel like it was cheating, or something was off or wrong if you were hiding it, not telling me intentionally and being shifty and sneaky about it. Yeah. Deception yes. is what I think that's cheating. Yes. So I don't have any restrictions on you. There's no, I don't, there are no lines that I don't want you to cross, but I want you to tell me. Yeah. And as soon as you're hiding information or, um, you know, sneaking around. That's the deal breaker for me. That's cheating. Yes, me too. That's how I feel about it. Um, I have one more question for you. Yes, please. (laughs) Um, What do you hope never changes in our relationship? Our communication. I feel like that is the foundation of how and why this works is because we talk about all of our feelings. We talk about our partners. We talk about our lives. We talk about everything. And our communication is awesome. And I feel like there is nothing that we can't work through and talk about and figure out and do as long as we maintain open, beautiful, transparent communication. Mm. I never want that to change. I agree that is of paramount importance, our ability to hold space for one another and listen and talk about our feelings and try not to be reactive, although, you know, that's human to to react to things, but, you know, to circle back and, and open up again and, and be able to talk. And more than that, more than that for me, and also something that I'm not willing to compromise on with you. Um, I don't ever want it to change that we are both clean and sober. Yes, I know that. I know that. Um, well, we would never have we would never have met each other if we weren't both clean and sober. Um, but I am a different person. I'm a total Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> when I am not clean and sober. So it would be impossible if either one of us started drinking or doing drugs again um, to have this. It would completely change the dynamic. Yeah. So thanks for answering these questions with me and for once again, being open and transparent and honest. And I love you so much and I can't wait to see you in eight days. Yes, I love you so much. I've been feeling so much love for you.